Happy Tuesday. Good morning, everybody. It's the 5th of July, which means that it's not the 4th of July. <laughs> That's correct. It's the 5th. All right. Means we we saw and did and... Did we conquer? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We were having all kinds of Americanism last yesterday. <laughs> we had a red, white, and blue... What was it? A slide? Water slide? Yeah. Inflatable? Yeah. Did you go down it? I did. You're so awesome. Yeah, I was kind of, it was kind of sketch how it happened, but Emmy didn't want to go down alone, and so she said she would only go down with Marmy, and I did wear my bathing suit in anticipation of this possibility for any of the kids. Respect. Yes. So, we got up there, you know. Yes. After... Unveiling. Right. The great (laughs) unveil. The great unveiling of me. And so we got up there, and uh, she still just didn't want to go down. And she, it was kind of cool up there because it was like you had this little special spot up there if you sat at the top. So she didn't want to go down, but she wanted me to go down. Right. And I did. And I have to tell you what, it was very fun. That thing was fast and it was very refreshing. It was a big pool down at the bottom of it it was it was pretty deep i mean you got completely submerged i was totally wet and so yeah i I don't regret it (laughs) i was there for it would you go so far as to say that it was deeply satisfying it actually was really yeah wow i think nightingale would agree with me because i came upon her right at the end (laughs) she was totally saturated and and smiling just like i was when i completed the slide. These are beautiful pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Completely submerged. It's yeah. kind of like a mikvah. Yeah. Or a baptism. Yeah. And and Nightingale was fully clothed. Like she did not have a bathing suit. Oh. So she was in her clothes. Lord. That was even the best. Ooh. Better. Yeah. Wow. I appreciated. I appreciated her her wildness in that actually. That, that is she got rewilded. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a beautiful day, mm-hmm. and um, it was hot, but in a good way. Yeah. And the pavilion, we have had a pavilion being constructed for yes, we the do. past few months, and it that was our first time to get to enjoy that, and it was awesome. So we had pavilion-provided shade, Yeah, and Papa-provided wind, mm-hmm. because I think it was the combination that really kept us going. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was lovely. Mm-hmm. And the wind. The yeah. wind in the shade. Yeah. Sounds like a song. Yeah, you can write it. Sort of did, but that was oh, 30, okay. 30 years ago. Oh, okay. Well, there was no shade involved, but oh, okay. anyway. Yeah. So, but we had a, a marvelous time. <laughs> yes, we did. On the 4th of July. This is the 5th of July, and um, so it's Tuesday, as you know. Yes, it is Tuesday, so that means it is also morning tea. This is week three of Immersion. They're doing great. Yeah. Oh, I've just enjoyed it so much. How about you? Yeah, just incredible. Yeah, you they're, know, they're an amazing group. Lovely family. Mm-hmm. Everybody's really entered in. And Yeah. Anything else going on in our world? Um, no. <laughs> I don't think so. Should I mean, we contemplate this a minute? Yeah, August Rush is coming. It is. And hopefully... Everyone who is coming already registered. And if you're not coming, then you're live streaming. 
And, and still be registered. And you could still be registered to live yeah. stream. And I haven't even asked anyone like where we are on registration, what the haps are on that. So I'm sure info will be coming out very soon. Cool. Yes. So that's, do you think that's probably the completion of the announcements? I think so. I mean, I, yeah. it's what I'm aware of right now in I, this moment. I think so that's probably helpful. It's going to have to be good. I can't go any that. further than that. Yeah. Well, one of the things that um, we've been doing, you and I, oh, yes. is... What? Uh, what have we been doing? <laughs> well, first of all, we've been editing chapters of the new book that comes out in February. Yes. And so that has led us to be in a rather thorough revisiting of Winter Tea and all of the things that Papa said then. And that, as I was, because I actually had a lot of work to do because I was behind, as the saying goes, I got behind. But I'm caught up now. In fact, I, I, I've turned everything in, so I'm very happy and the library's happy with me now. <laughs> um, they took the day off yesterday, which is nice. They yeah. were very happy, you know, so yeah. it was lots of happiness. But one of the things that really stood out to me that um, during that journey of revisiting and, and really going through the things that Papa's saying, uh, and and there's just a realization, I think, that's hit both of us. And, and I feel like we're we're maybe just opening a door this morning. And, um, but one of the things that Papa really used to focus me through that journey was this whole realization and revelation from God that the scroll that was given to Daniel is, is a, is such a big deal right now because First of all, it was held in the hand of the one that was sitting on the throne. And that's a big revelation in and of itself, that the scroll of Daniel 12 is the scroll of Revelation 5. I mean, that's just a big deal. That's a, that's a whole wow moment in and of itself. But the fact that everything that we're seeing right now is a fruit of the lamb who was slain receiving the the scroll, and then opening the seals. And we've used the analogy of reading the scroll, but of course, biblically, it's it's opening the seals. And when each of those seals, uh, each one is opened, then there is something spiritual that is released. It's like a very powerful thing when they are opened. And, and that we, as a all of us right now are experiencing that is a fruit of something. And so I, I think think just sort of a, a very short version of um, the context for that is maybe the word responsibility and that um, that the church or the people of God have grown to a place where we are... Um, we are becoming more and more responsible. We're being given more and more responsibilities by God. 
because of the journey of maturity, the journey, really the journey, sorry, the journey of intimacy that has gotten the church or gotten the people of God to where we are now. We are where we are now because of a journey of intimacy. It was a 2,000 year journey of intimacy, which is scary, but okay, because at least we're here now. Um, but it, it took a long time, you know, for people to go from believing in Jesus, having awe of God, um, you know, wanting to be with God because of that awe, starting to listen to God, pouring our hearts out and listening to God, and and discovering that God wants to provide for us, wants to be our source of everything. And so, as we grew in that intimacy, then not only did our love grow, but our faith grew. And as our faith grew, we began to see God move again in miraculous ways. And so, the the trajectory of many people is that God is going to move. God is going to move. And so, what happens is, is we're waiting on God to move. And of course, what we learned as this generation is that God has been waiting uh, to move through us. And, and that's exactly what we are seeing God do now. God moving through us. Wow. What a, what a, a declaration that we're able to say to describe what we're experiencing right now is that God is moving through the people. You know, whereas it, for, for so long now, most of our lives and the lives of our parents and maybe even grandparents, we see God move and we're so amazed by that that we're waiting, God, come, come, God, come, Lord, move again. And of course, the Lord is moving. Elohim is moving right now. But instead of the way Elohim moved in the past, which was just Elohim moving and there was power, there was glory, but now we have Elohim moving through us, through the people of God. Wow. So that is the sign of a generation, but not just any generation, the generation that Jesus was looking for. Um, and we've referenced Matthew 17, you know, Matthew 17, 17, maybe a couple of times, but the idea that Jesus was looking for a generation that had the love and the faith. And, and that's what God saw in this generation. And, and we still have people who have lots of love and very little faith. And we have many people who have lots of faith and very little love, but, But that's part of why God's moving through us, the people of God, who are choosing to be a people of love with faith so that God can touch those people who have love but little faith or those people who have faith but little love so that they too can see that faith and love go together. And they go together through God. That's that's the intimacy that we all have before us. And so now we, as a part of this generation who are seeing God move through us now, we are in this wonderful place of, of the journey of maturity and where, where responsibilities are before us. And so that can be um, a frightening thing, that can be something that we dread, or it can be something that we celebrate and embrace. Because if we understand that responsibility isn't just chore, you know, it's not just, oh, God's got chores that need to be done, so he's going to dump them on us. 
and you know, and then we're going to be burdened with all of these chores that we have to do. That's not the responsibilities of the kingdom of God for this generation. What God has for us is love. That's the responsibility he has for us is to to be those who respond and res- be we're, we're poised to choose, poised to respond. We are ready at all times to respond to what God says. And that is a mindset, I think, that each of us are going to be adopting right now, is that that place where we have chosen to be ready, ready for God to say, my beloved child, I need you to do this now. And for us to be ready to respond to that and to say, okay, yes, Lord, let's do that now. And so, one of the phrases that we used in Winter Tea was all the things we used to do accidentally, now we're going to do intentionally, which means that the generation's maturing and God is trusting us with the seventh dimension, you know, which is the spirit of understanding, the spirit of Binah. So, we're being filled with that spirit of understanding so that we get to do all of these miraculous things that have been happening, but with a far greater impact because they're not accidental, they're intentional. And intentional doesn't mean God's will our way, it means God's will God's way. So, God's going to do it through us, but we're going to be ready and, um, and our choice will be before God. We've already placed it before God. And so, what I think we're going to find is that we have so many things that are released from the, not just the power, guys, it's the authority, the authority of this first seal that Jesus opened. You know, what about the other seals? Well, those are being opened too, and and we know those. That's the heralding horses. Um, But the first seal was all about the authority, the crown, the ataratiara, the crown of the bride, the crown of the priesthood, the maturing sons and daughters of God are given a crown. And so, we see that authority. Now, of course, because the heralding horses are all about the fruit of choice, not only do they find the maturing sons and daughters of God who who have chosen love and faith, who have chosen intimacy with God, and therefore are given the crown of authority to bring love to the world, but you also are going to find a crown of the other choice, which is, of course, the crown of selfishness. And so, you'll see greed get louder. You'll see that that deception get louder. You'll see um, the theft and the corruption that that we're we're here to dismantle. So we're not we're not the victims of that, but we see it getting louder. And the louder that it gets, the more visible it gets in the light. The more we're able to respond and do something about it. So we're not helpless. It's not bad news. It's actually very good news. But we can't be we can't be shaken by the loudness of selfishness. We must be moved by the voice of God inside of us that reminds us who God is and who we are. 
And and that's the theme we've had these last few weeks is that we're going to be the thermostats. We're not just going to scream that it's hot in the room. We're going to set the temperature. So, um, but all of these things are a call to stewardship. And so, our God is not is not doing this old school concept of opening a seal where a move or a revival happens where we are observers who get to cheer and celebrate that God's moving. This is a completely different, long-waited-for um, expression of God that that is beyond power. It's authority. It's authority. It's truth, authority, and power. So we're going to see all three of these manifest. And because of that, it's going to be God moving through us. There's going to be something for us to steward. And, and I hope that today, for many of you, is a day of threshold, that we're going to cross something and we're going to make a choice. We're going to say, oh my goodness gracious me, our God has finally begun moving through the people so that the people can change everything. And it's something for us to steward. It's something that we are being invited to. And so there is a response. And, and we're, we're going to be, we're not only going to be poised and ready to move when God says move, but we're also going to be uh, pursuing God in what God is saying to us right now so that we're always ready. Yes, Lord. We are ready to steward what you are releasing, the, the power, the authority, and the truth. The same thing that Jesus had, we are, we are, we are getting the same thing. Jesus, got, Jesus manifested in power, then authority, then truth, and we know his popularity waned as he did. We are going to be manifesting, and we are right now, truth, authority, and power. And so, it's, it's when we are crossing into that power threshold that we're going to see a, a, a great multitude come. And that great multitude coming is, is not, you know, I, I just, I, I'm ready for it to be five minutes or 500 years, but I'm, I'm more convinced that it's sooner than later. So, I'm ready for God to move at any time. And I think, I know it's vague, but it's a perfect way for us to be able to start this season that we're coming towards as we complete Shemitah is, wow, we are ready to go. We are poised and ready to move. And we're not just waiting for God to do something, but we're stewarding what God has already released to us, which is lots of truth, significant authority, and here's the power. And so, we are stewarding all of these things. And, and those are the choices, I think, that are before us right now. And I know that, that all of you have already said yes. This isn't a question of whether you're going to say yes. We already have, and that's why the generation is revealed. But knowing that that's where we are is something for us to respond to. And um, I'm really looking forward to the next few weeks in August Rush. It's going to be glorious, and we're going to enter into our, our next seven-year journey with great storehouses that have been opened by God to prepare and equip the maturing sons and daughters of God to bring love 
to a great multitude. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. I'm, I'm with you. Mm. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Well, awe truly is so much about response. To have awe is to have the ability to respond. Yes. And uh, I want to share a little bit about what we're responding to, because it's just a picture that he really has not left a single thing out. Like, we are so fortified here to to do these things. So, we talked about awe last week, and I want to take us a little more into that and actually talk about the seal of awe. So, the ability to respond is, is an essence of awe. So, when the Israelites were in the wilderness, they, they lost their ability to respond. So, coming through the Red Sea, they, I mean, there was all response, like to move when they needed to move, to go through, to have this confidence in who their God was. Um, all of that was awe. And so, they come, they're in the wilderness, and come to the, to the invitation to go up on Mount Sinai, and they, they had simply lost their ability to respond. And they got into the everyday, the everyday provisions that He had for them, the everydayness of manna, the everydayness of water, the everydayness of the cloud and the, the pillar a fire, and the immersion arts and I just got to hike Araba last week because we had this lovely little weather break, temperature break, so we got to do it. I'm not saying we didn't sweat, I'm just saying not profusely like we could have, but we were talking about that like on a walk, just like what we were taking, how for the Israelites, like that cloud kept them from being sunburned. That cloud kept them from overheating, and the fire by night kept them from shivering in the cold. You know, every every element was considered and provided for. But here in this moment, it became everyday. Just There's just an everydayness to it. And, and I think that can happen to us. He's so present with us. It isn't that we don't recognize Him. There's just this everydayness that can not be seen as glorious, not be seen as miraculous anymore, because it's so, it's just so there. And this is what happened. They lost the awe of all He could do or the ability to respond to Him in any way that He came. So here is Mount Sinai, and and they're trembling. They chose not to go up there, trembling down below, though it hadn't been that long since they had come through a split sea. You know, and they had, and that was a very, you know, that wasn't 
this gingerly <laughs> trek, you know, that would have been so loud. The waves, you know, the the sea just became these giant waves and they, there would have been this tremor from within of just being held in that way so that they could behold God. You know, when we behold God, everything around us trembles. Everything around us is in awe now has the ability to respond because we did. So they've had those moments, but now they're at Mount Sinai and all of a sudden they're trembling because they're afraid of this way he's going to manifest himself when they'd already seen him manifest in powerful ways. You know, this wasn't the first time, but they acted as if it was because they, they didn't Remember, they had lost their ability to respond to anything he would do for their good and for the benefit of the world. So here's this moment he's doing something for their good and their benefit of the world, and they they tremble and they don't behold him. And you know, in so much of what was happening on that mountain, you know, he wanted everything concerning us concerns him, you know, and that's that's such a part of our covenant. And he wanted to remove in that moment everything that concerned them, to show them that he could, had considered everything that concerned them. That's what that mountaintop was so about. Everything concerning you concerns me, and I just want to take the concern from you. You know, I just want it to get to be precious again. It's precious to me. I want it to be precious to you. I don't want there to be any burden. So that's just what he wants to do. And all throughout those moments that Moses got to have on that mount, he he was seeing God, but he was also seeing the coming God, the Messiah, that, that though God had been very um, manifest, he hadn't been visible to their eyes. And so, this was about continuing to have a vision of God. So, not about just what you see before you, but the God that is. And so, he's writing this love letter, and it's all about this moment when an image of the invisible God will be on the earth. Jesus, the Messiah, and that the Holy Spirit would be the seal, you know, of this this tangible presence of this God made visible, and that 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 his heart was for them to be able to experience the fullness of God, not the outline of God, but the fullness of God. And so here's this invitation to intimacy. And and later, when Moses came down from Sinai, the people were filled with awe, and with one voice said, we will. So, they unified, which is part of what awe does. That ability to respond unifies us, no matter where we are on the earth. Our we will, our ability to respond unifies us. So, um, I want to talk about two aspects of of awe. So this is Deuteronomy ten twelve through thirteen. So now, 
all the Adonai, and so let's think about Adonai and what the name is that's being used, and I just felt to focus on one definition of Adonai, which is the one who has influence. So now, all that the one who has influence, which is your God, asks from you is to fear the one who has influence, follow all his ways, love him, and serve Adonai your God with all your heart and all your being. All right, so that word for fear, it's really awe, and it's yirah, which we talked about as the dimension last week. But in this context, it means look with awe or be positioned to respond. Don't lose your ability to respond. And what I love so much about this, there's a real order to this invitation, to this scripture. So there's different things. Follow His ways, love Him, serve with your whole heart, all your being. But the first thing is to look with awe or be be ready to be moved, to be able to respond. So first is the ability to respond. Once you have the ability to respond, following all His ways, loving Him with all you have, and serving Him, or joining Him is really what this would be saying, joining Him with the f- everything that you are, is not hard. It's not a burden when we just read that, you know, follow all His ways, love and serve, but first is awe. All your God asks from you is to be able to respond, is to be able to be moved, is to remove anything that would hinder that. When there's nothing that hinders being moved or responding, you are totally surrendered, which is a definition of awe. So that's like kind of the order. Then in Proverbs 9.10, It says, the fear of Adonai is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So, something really phenomenal there, the fear of Adonai. So, this is not our fear of Adonai. This is, there's a, and I don't know the grammatical Hebrew expression for this, but when it says the blank of, and, and the name of God, it means what he has, what he carries. So this isn't, you know, our our response. This is his, uh, what is in him that we have access to. So the fear of Adonai, the one who has influence, is the beginning of wisdom. We've talked about that related to the dimensions. So the word, again, for awe is yurah, and it comes from a root, yara, which means to flow out of the gut. So the awe of God, His awe is what flows from Him. And that word for gut is maya, and it means the inmost place. So His awe is what comes from Him that is meant to reach us is meant to pierce us, is meant to um, gather us, collect us for that unified we will. So what flows from Him? 
is meant to be what we recognize, the way we recognize Him. And so, and I, I didn't write the scripture down, but what flows from Him is the Torah and character. So, His Word, His Word, and His character, and it is that which leads to intimate relationship. So, I want to break Torah down really quick, and it's, it's not the first time we've done it, but Torah is Tav, Vav, Resh, Hey. So, Tav is a seal, and the pictograph is cross sticks or a cross. Vav means to be joined together. Resh is the head, the leader, the, the master, the prince. And then Hey is to be hold or to pay attention to what follows. So, what something that flows from the Lord, this Yerah, this awe of God, through the Torah is, is the ability to recognize the Prince, the ability to recognize Jesus, the one who will come and fulfill every single word, the one who came to make God flesh, to make Him visible. So, behold, he who will be fastened to a wooden cross or to a cross. Don't stop looking for him. Don't stop looking for him. And, and what that translates to me, he is coming. He has come. He is coming. He will come. He never leaves. He is here. And so, so much of what flows out of the gut of God, this awe of God, is to keep looking for who He is, to know Him so intimately that you recognize Him, but also recognizing Him, knowing Him so intimately creates a hunger and a thirst for Him that you don't stop looking for Him every day. You know, that's where His presence, there's not an everydayness to it, except He comes every day. He's here every day, but it's not mundane. It's not rote. It's not um, something we can take for granted. It is something that is active, moving, living, and it's meant to move us and cause us to live differently. So, so what flows out of him is the fullness of who he is. He's not withholding himself. He's revealing himself to us in every day, in everyday things. And so, the, the, he pours out, he flows out what he wants us to have to be able to give. So it's, again, He provides it and then invites us to reveal it, to release it. Proverbs 14.26 says, In the, the fear or the awe of Adonai is powerful security. Another uh, translation of, of security is strong confidence. So in the fear of or the awe of Adonai is a strong confidence for His children will be for his children, there will be a place of refuge. So, awe is a place of refuge. That mountaintop of Sinai was a place of refuge for his people. It was a place where they would be completely 
surrounded so they could be completely surrendered. They didn't have to fear being that humbled, you know, that humbled in His presence. I think of when the Israelites cross the Jordan, and the very first thing that happens is they are circumcised, you know, and um, and Rahab's watching you know, from her window, and and instead of swords for battle, little daggers for circumcision come out, and they were in the most vulnerable position that they could have been in, like they couldn't defend themselves, they couldn't take up arms, they could only take hold of Him, and um, and He was there, He was completely, He had them in a place of refuge, though they were out in the open, they had just come into the promise, but they had not yet occupied it. And I love that picture so much, because to be uncircumcised, the meaning is to be lost of delight or to be without delight. So he wanted delight to be restored before they went and began occupying these places. If we don't have delight, when we occupy, we're going to call for war. We're going to just raise the, the call for war instead of the joy of occupying what He's given us. And how many times do we war for something He's already provided, He's already given? So anyway, I picture that kind of vulnerability on the mountaintop where they couldn't, anything that hindered their response was would be gone. Everything concerning them, He was going to show them was provided. And, and He wants to do that for us every day through awe. It's a place of refuge for us. It's a place where He surrounds us. It's where we receive from Him. What flows from Him, we receive into us so we can then offer it to others. And He just invites us to that place of awe to be confident to come, to be confident to go. That word confidence is talk, which means solid and firm, it means to have complete trust in the stability of God. Not what you see right now, but who you rely on for all to come. Not what you can see with your earthly eyes right now, but the one you rely on for everything to come for the future. Confidence, awe, causes us to look towards the future. Another word is mibtok. They come from the same root, but it means to be secure, to trust, and it's the act of confiding. It's, it's this, um, this location of relationship, the geography of relationship, which can be in any geography. It's the geography of Him is where this happens. It's a refuge. And then there's a seal of confidence. The word is kesel, K-E-S-E-L. And this word refers to the fatness of one's loins. <laughs> there, here we go. Um, it's a fattened place. You know, you actually, physically, your body actually needs a layer of fat over your organs. It protects them. It's a fattened place. It protects what's inside. So, think of that when you're 
on the scale or measuring inches, I don't know. But it refers to a fattened place where all is protected. It's the seal of confidence, also the seat of confidence. It's the place of flow. Everything is secure. Everything is protected. Everything has been made ready. It's fattened. The seal of, of confidence, the seal of awe is a fattened place, a place prepared, a place where all is protected. Um, so the Lord will seal the authority of His truth within us. Like He will pour that into us. He will pierce us and pour that in. And then we, we are in this seat of confidence or we are sealed with awe. One of the meanings of that is to be held up. So when awe is fattened or when we see awe as a fattened place, a prepared place, our view of Him changes and we will allow, that view allows us to be covered and protected because this is where we begin to flow from. Proverbs 3.26 says, The Lord shall be your confidence. The awe of the Lord is not about what we know, but how we respond to who we know, to what flows from Him. Do we see what flows from Him as a provision, as a, a fattening of us, a nourishment of us, an ability to be held um, in the security of Him, a place you know, of refuge, to have absolute reliance on Him? It's, you know, to... To have someone or something that we place our confidence in when we're in that, that sealed place or that confident place, we actually experience well-being. We experience security. Those things are expressions of awe. We experience the fullness of who He is. To be unconcerned, like that's His heart for us with awe, is that we would be unconcerned because we know everything concerning us concerns Him, it's precious to Him, and it causes us to live in this active anticipation that He moves for us, yes, but He also moves for the benefit of all. That is the basis of our relationship. Our relationship has always been or meant to be about all. Like that's part of the foundation of our relationship is from this comes all. From here flows what all need, all that He is to all that He has. One of the scriptures I love that has the word Yirah, this word ah, is Proverbs 31, 11, and it's speaking of trust. And this is the kind of trust a husband places in a wife. And I love that so much. This isn't the kind of trust that a wife places in a husband. The kind of trust a husband places in a wife, like from Sinai, that's been, I mean, probably before, but for sure at Sinai, that was the conversation. The husband looking for a wife he could trust, a bride who would carry and not carry to contain, but carry to flow to release the coming, the coming Christ wherever she is, to release the character of God, of the Father everywhere, 
that she is, and to always have that seal of the Spirit to reveal that all is prepared. There, there are fattened places. <laughs> I know it sounds so funny, but there are fattened places, and, and the, their name is awe. And when we respond to Him, we reveal these fattened places where someone else can come. And remember who He is. Recognize who He is for the first time, or again, to recognize the reality of Papa's care, and that there's a, this, just this present moment reality of God's hand in our lives. Like, it's always a present reality for us. And awe is not about us having an unwavering emotional condition. <laughs> you know, our, our emotions fluctuate. They do. But Papa doesn't change. But He always moves. He's ever the same, but ever moving. And we live in this assurance that He is good. We are awe allows us to be fixed on Papa, even though we're right here, so, you know, kind of in the, the wind of the whims of the world, you know, but we are meant to know what is folly and what is our future. You know, confidence can mean confidence, awe, this, this place can also mean to be persuaded and that means to rely on something which cannot save, cannot heal, cannot provide. That's folly. And so many times throughout Scripture, it's described as foolishness, but it's not about intellect. It's about faithlessness. It's about not, not knowing that you have everything provided already to be faithful, and it's, it's held in this place of awe, this refuge He gives, where He wants to speak to His bride about how much He trusts her, where He wants to flow the Torah, his, the, the picture of what's to come. That's our guidance. You know, that's the Torah. It's not law. It's learning. It's learning what's to come, having mysteries revealed. Awe is so much about mysteries. And when you take hold of those mysteries— then knowing you have His character with which to carry them, you have not just the heart of Him, but the wholeness of Him accessible within you and within each other. It's all sewn in. Not a thing was left out. And that's pretty awe-inspiring. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, the word that I, I think of is, is surety, you know. Oh, yeah. It's I like just that word. perfect combination of confidence and I loved it it's unconcerned mm. you know such a place of of rest because of the intimacy the relationship we have with God we know God we know God's character we have testimonies like like you're saying remembering the Red Sea that was parted a few minutes ago right. people people <laughs> minutes you know, yeah. so can we remember these things? We know who God is because we have time with God, and that's when we have surety. 
is because we're we become a confident people, not because we you know we actually we we've seen ourselves be so hot to trot, but because we've seen <laughs> sure not. God be, be so faithful and true, yeah, and so perfect, and so we we have God that has taken away our concern, yeah. God who has provided us with this rock of confidence. Yeah. That's trust. Yeah. And not because he says, how dare you have a concern? Because he says, share your concerns with me. What's on your heart? You know, you've talked about that so long, David, and those conversations David had, you know, about what concerned him. And then seeing he's already considered it. You know, he's already the provision for it, all of that. So, we just have a good God I'm here to tell you. God who loves to hear us yeah. pour our hearts out so we can become a people that love to hear God pour his heart out. Yeah, and when we're unhindered to respond, we recognize he never gives us something to react to. You know, for us, it's a journey, like in conversation, I don't want to give something that just requires a reaction. I want to give something to respond to. He doesn't even have to have that thought. He only gives us things to respond to. He never gives us things to react to. If we react, that's on us. It's on us. Sorry about that. Well, well said. It's just the truth. It's just true. Yeah. So we have um, we have to gather tonight. Yes. So if you can watch the live stream, do. If you can't watch the replay screen, the restream, the restream, <gasps> the restream. We're restreaming. That was good. So we the have restream. We have the live stream and, and the, the restream. So you can choose which one. Because if you're like somewhere where it's like Africa, it's going to be really late. Yeah, there's no shame in the restream. Exactly. So We're just, just saying, please restream. But 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 watch one. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see you tonight. We'll be praising God together tonight. We will. Yeah. Bye. Bye.